Hey everyone, we hope you're having a great week. My name is Eric Johnson, and along with my wife Candace, we are the lead pastors of Studio. We are based in Greenville, South Carolina, and we just want to take a moment and say hello and say thanks for listening to this podcast. So with that, let's get right to it. I'm excited about today. Today I'm going to share a not common Palm Sunday message and Maybe I apologize for that, maybe not. I felt kind of bad at first, but then when Tanasha was transitioning, I was like, that's exactly what I'm sharing. So the Lord knows, and I just want to tell you that I love you, studio, that I pray for you, and you are a gift and a dream. And even before I start, I was thinking about what I wanted to speak over you today. And I want to tell you that you are beautiful humans. Like, you add value to us and to everywhere that you go. Uh, Your love... For God, you're loving God and people with all your heart. You are courageous people. I just want to say that words are really powerful. And I just, whether you feel courageous or not, I just want to say you are courageous. Courageous people, you are dynamic. You're powerful. You're intelligent. You're creative people who are designed to walk in peace and freedom. That's who you are. And you release it everywhere you go. And many of us are being healed right now, and we're being reconciled, and we will be a part of healing brokenness in and between people. And we'll be a part of healing division and bringing people together. Studio, I love you, I love who you are, and it's a dream to be able to do this with you. And so I just speak that over you, and that's the part of faith, is like when you don't feel those things, you're like, oh, but just so you know, it's who you are. So you will step into it, and it will come into reality, even if you don't feel like it. And that's the thing about feelings, is they're just there to to help you, and sometimes they're not helpful. So if it's not helpful, you just keep going. (laughs) So today I want to talk about, kind of, in I'm going to share a few things about our journey in life, and the highs, the lows, the challenges. There's so many factors that are important in our journey. And what I want to talk about today, I feel like, is one of the most important things as we are on our journey following the Lord that will impact everything that we do and how we experience life and probably what we look like by the end of our life. So these are, um, I feel like it was really important to talk about this and to encourage you as well. And I also felt like some of us came in with things on us and feeling trapped and bound in areas and that the Lord doesn't want you to stay in that place anymore. And so we'll make sure and pray for people as well. But I wanted to start that even in Genesis in the beginning, when God created the garden and he created Adam, he put him in the garden. Do you know that he created humans to be free and powerful? Like that was original design, to be free and powerful. And um, I want to read Genesis 2.15. It says, Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. In the day that you eat it, you shall surely die. So I want to take a moment and talk about what we see here in this scripture. First, you see that um, God told Adam to tend and to keep it. So there's some level of ownership and stewardship. There's, that's power for Adam. And to tend, to tend is to, um, to cultivate, to dress, to manage. Like God put him in a position to do that and to keep it. So I, that stands out to me. And then the Lord um, commanded him, every of every tree of the garden, you may freely eat. So he gave him so much access to stuff, but there was one that he couldn't eat. So then it makes me go, wow, 
God gave him a choice. Because God is God. Couldn't he do whatever he wanted? So why would he put something in this beautiful garden and tell him you could eat freely of everything, but there's one thing you can't? I'm like, oh, I could see that God is not afraid of my choices. Which is an interesting thing because as a parent, it isn't something I relate to. <laughs> like, making bad choices is really scary. Especially when you have experience and you know where, where things go. Like, don't touch that. It's very hot. You're going to get burned. But what if I want to touch it? I'm like, oh, please don't. Because I really don't want to go to the doctor right now. <laughs> it just, it's expensive and it's just a lot of work. And it's going to be painful to see you in pain. But God is not like that. He, is, um, he gave us free choice. He gave Adam free choice. So um, God created us powerful and free. We see it from the very beginning. And so that lets me know we have a, there's a lot of things in our journey that we get the opportunity to steward because that's, where he, that's what he places in us. We get to steward ourselves. We get to steward our gifts, our talents, our time, our energy. We get to steward the things that he's given us and what we choose to do with them. And that's part of us just being responsible and uh, making choices. But today I want to talk about, I think, one of the biggest things that we get to steward out of everything that affects every part of us. And it's part of us being free and powerful, but there's a great responsibility. And it's one of the um, biggest things we steward is our thoughts and what we choose to partner with. Because it affects everything. This space right here between your two ears, that space that we contemplate things, we roll things around, and so much stuff comes out of that, out of our heads. And the thing is, we can't see inside of each other. And even sometimes we don't even realize, because there's so much subconscious going on too, how much we are um, just pouring over things. So I want to take a moment and just share a couple fun facts about our brains, because we are so dynamic. In God making us powerful, he made us dynamic. Some fun facts about our brains is they weigh an average of three pounds. That's like some... Some of you might be five pounders. No, I think it's four point something. And um, some are a little smaller in the twos. A new study out of Queens University suggests that the average person has um, over 6,000, actually 6,200 thoughts per day. That's a lot of thoughts. And that's average. I mean, I bet you some of you are more towards the 10,000s. Some of you might be a little less. And maybe it depends how much caffeine you have in you. I'm not sure. If you laid out all the blood vessels in your brain end to end, they would stretch halfway to the moon. That's about 120,000 miles. Just things to know, inquiring minds. There are about 100 billion neurons in human brain, which is about the same as the number of the stars in the Milky Way galaxy. There's just a lot of stuff going on inside of us. And this last one that was interesting, your brain generates about 12 to 25 watts of electricity. This is enough to power a low wattage LED light bulb. Okay, to see things, I'm not sure how you make that happen, but it can happen. So we know that our thoughts are powerful. There is a cognitive behavioral theory uh, therapy model that I wanted to put up here. And in this, um, it's basically how we navigate through life and how we feel largely depends on our thoughts. And you see from events all the way down to consequences. Um, our thoughts are powerful. They determine how we feel, our decisions, and our actions. Every part of our lives that we can control. See, here's the thing about <laughs> events. Can we control ev all the events in our lives? Mm-mm. That's not one of the things. There's some things we can control. I can um, control 
myself. I can control sometimes when I eat. I can control when I drive to church. But sometimes there's things outside of our control. Uh, but our thoughts are the one things that we can control. What makes it so powerful is because what we think then feeds into how we feel, which then feeds into how we behave and our actions, and then we get the consequences of our actions. So we might not be able to control all of the events that happen in our lives, but we do get to control um, what we choose to think about. It's not just what we think about, but it's what we partner with. I'm going to use this word partner because I, there's things that come into my brain all the time. Where are they coming from? Why inquiring minds want to know. Some, I mean, there's, they can come from so many places. There's a story I want to share. Eric and I, um, we were, this was in our first, our second year of marriage, maybe second and a half year of marriage. It was 1999, and it was a year before Kennedy was born, and um, we had been married for a year. We got married in 97, and um, maybe it was, 90, yeah, it was uh, 99, and we got married in um, 97, and we traveled a ton. We got the opportunity to do missions together. It was so fun. We loved it. And he had this incredible opportunity. It was very last minute. And it was to go to Brazil, and, um, which was super exciting. And he had like one week for, or maybe like four days for it to happen. And he had to drive to San Francisco, get the visa, you know, all the stuff. To go to Brazil, you have to get all your stuff lined up. And um, so he went to work one day, not going to Brazil. He came home going, I think someone's going to pay for me and I, they're going to transfer a ticket and I'm supposed to go to Brazil to go with Randy Clark. And this is before a, a Bill was just starting to do stuff with Randy. It might have been maybe their first trip. And um, we were like, oh, okay. And he's like, is that okay if I go? And, you know, we've been married, I don't know, like from September, this is actually maybe a year and a half now. And um, we're like, I guess, I don't know. Can you say no as a new wife? And we go everywhere together. I don't know. And so there started out with sadness. And I just want to share the progression because it, you'll see where it goes. It started out with sadness. And it was just like, oh, I'm going to miss you. Or, yeah, okay. And like, yeah, I'm going to miss you too because we normally get to do this together. But you must be the Lord because all the, you know, open, the invitation came and you're going to get um, someone's covering your cost. And so then the next day came and we're like, okay, so, so you're going to go. It feels right, right? Yeah, yeah. Gosh, I'm going to really miss you. I mean, it's, we haven't got, been away from each other this long. I know. And then I don't know if it was on the news or where the idea came from, but it was like, you know that planes crash? <laughs> that idea entered into our conversation. And like, it was just, we're just talking, but we're sad, you know, sad. And planes crash. And I'm like, oh, I, that, yes. And we've traveled a ton all over in planes. And like, yeah, I'm like, well, somehow I, it must be, it must have been him, not me. <laughs> we got to the point where we said, gosh, what if your plane crashes? Like, do you think you should go if your plane's going to crash? I don't know if, if God wants you to, then you should just do it, right? And it's like, gosh, well, it's been so nice being married to you for this long. <laughs> Somehow in the next 24 hours... We were in tears crying together about how nice it's been being married for however long we'd been married. And we were both in it together. So I don't know who was leading who, but it was going into a very bad place. I started it. <laughs> Would you like to take a bite? No. <laughs> Come on. 
come back, come back. So we're young, married, young, married, and we are processing sadness. And we are truly sad, but we do love the Lord and we do trust him and thought, okay, well, we're going to move forward with this. And even if you are going to die on an airplane, I think we'll still do this, but I'm sad about this. <laughs> and then we thought, well, we should probably call, this is, feels really crazy. And if you're not supposed to go, then maybe we should invite somebody else into this. So we call Chris and Kathy Valentin, who are good friends of ours as well, and mentors, and said, can we talk to you both on the phone? And so we each, have, we each are on the phone, and I don't even think I have a cell phone at this time. No, we're on landlines, and they're on landlines, and we're like, hey, so we just need some help. They're like, yeah, what's up? Well, um, <laughs> Eric was invited to Brazil, and we have uh, just been having a hard time. Like, he would, we're okay with him going, but do you think he should still go if he's going to die on a plane crash? <laughs> we actually said this. And then just know, like, when you bring things to the light, it does sound a little sillier, but it was real. And so we were just being courageous and honest. Do you think that, would you still think he should go if he's going to die? And they're like, okay, but they're so kind. They didn't laugh at us, at least not that I could tell. And, um, and he goes, okay, um, well, I just have a question for you. Yeah? Um, does God use fear to talk to you? Uh, no. Okay. Um, the next question is, who do you think is talking to you then? Um, okay, thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> And I tell you, it was that moment, it was just like, now this is really silly. But it took that conversation and that question to go, yeah, God doesn't use fear to talk. It's actually not his language. But we had been messed with and we jumped in it together. And, it, and honestly, I think it was sadness that made us vulnerable. And then it was fear that came in. And it just took one conversation and it was like, Oh yeah, thank you so much. I mean, you can pray for us and we'll go. <laughs> um, and they prayed for us. And I tell you from that moment on, we were fine. He didn't leave for two more days, but we were in torment. I mean, like going to work, like, I love you. <laughs> two more days till you leave. Um, and I really was crying. Like I'd go up on the prayer line on Sunday to be like, please pray for me. I think my husband's gonna die. <laughs> I like to share this with you because I would say that I think I'm a pretty smart person. I'm pretty wise. I'm actually very logical and um, I make good decisions. And this happened to me and my husband. We were leaders in a church at that time. I mean, at some capacity, but you would think that we would be immune to that. But I tell you that I wasn't. And um, today I just want to say that there, we sometimes get messed with fear and anxiety. It tries to creep in. We know that the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. You know John 10, 10. And that is not Jesus. Jesus came that we would have life and life more abundantly. So in areas of life where we start to get messed with, just know that is not from him. And then when we have the fear and anxiety, it just becomes like, oh, everyone just deals with fear and anxiety. That is not our portion. It is not what we are created. We're not actually designed to live underneath that. Do you know that fear will make you sick? Like it actually, we physically cannot contain that and handle that. And so this morning, even as I share, I just want to say that some of you came and are getting messed with, with fear and anxiety and other things. And I just felt like the Lord wanted to set you free this morning, that you're not supposed to stay in that place. You weren't designed to live there. And it is not the Lord inviting you into that. But I, but we are very powerful. 
because we can choose what we partner with. I tell you, it left in one moment. As soon as I was like, oh yeah, that thought wasn't from the Lord. What, where'd that thought come from? Well, it either came from me, it came from him, or it came from somewhere else. Maybe if you wanna call it a demon, you wanna call it the devil, something that doesn't want me to live and to thrive. And I tell you that, a trip that Eric went on was super impactful. He it was one of the first trips with Randy Clark where they saw lots of healings, things were imparted, and it uh, really put him on a trajectory for even to studio here. And so I'm so thankful that we didn't get robbed of partnering with fear, but it is a choice. And so what we choose to partner with is so powerful. I want to read, um, we know that fear is a monster. So here's the thing about fear. You could be like, oh, I'll just be afraid of this one thing and it's going to be okay. I'll just keep it right in here. Like I just won't go ever on an airplane because they could crash, but I'm going to live free in every area of my life. That is not true because you know what fear is? It's a monster. It will always take more than you want to give. It doesn't play fair and it doesn't stay in one realm. Oh, I'm just going to keep my kids here because I don't want them that something well bad will happen to them if I let them go stay at someone else's house or let them go play. And I'm like, if you're doing it out of fear, then something is wrong. If you're doing it out of wisdom and you're like, no, I actually, I, I know this is who they are and I'm gonna partner with who they are and we're gonna make this choice. That is one reason to make a choice. But if you're making a choice out of fear, you're playing a very dangerous game because fear doesn't play nice and it doesn't stay in their, its boundaries and all it usually wants to do is kill, steal, and destroy. And it's one of the main ways, fear and anxiety, that we become, that we just tolerate. We're like, you know, it's okay. I can still function. I came to church. I, I went to bed. I didn't sleep very well because I was tormented all night. But I mean, I woke up and I had coffee. You weren't designed to live like that. That is not freedom. That is not abundance. So if you got used to just keeping fear in your pocket, I just want to today is a day to just, we're going to let that go. And we're going to pray over you. And there's no condemnation in this. Um, I just, would, just want you to know it's not God's heart that you would stay there. He, he has so much more for us. Um, reading um, 2 Timothy 1 through, uh, chapter 1, verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. Can you say power? power. Can you say love? love. And sound mind. sound mind. That is your portion. I can tell you that is what you are designed to live in. That's what God... Um, created you to live in, but also invites us to live in and has already provided for. So that's who we are. That's where we're going. Um, the, devil wants, the devil wants to steal from us, but God has so much more. Um, I'm going to just keep, well, I'll share this real quickly. Um, in Mark 4, chapter 4, I love this quick story. Jesus calming the storm. You guys have probably heard it, but I love knowing you could see really specific things about Jesus in this story. We're going to go through it really fastly. On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, so Jesus is with his disciples, he's teaching, but then he says, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and the other little boats were also with him. What stands out to me in this is it was evening. I tell you, there's something about vulnerability in the evening with your thought life and the things that happen. In the daytime, it looks fine. In the evening, 
things, the shadows just come out. There's already in this, I see a little bit of um, vulnerability. And let's cross over to the other side. Do you know that when you're with God, he's always going to be doing something new. He's going to be introducing us. He has some place he wants to take us. And so they get into the boat. They left the multitude. There is a more intimacy because there's less numbers. And Jesus is there. Verse 37, and a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat and so that it was already feeling. That does not sound like fun. You know, and sometimes in life, we're in those situations, they're not fun, and it is a definite storm. And do you have any control? Doesn't feel like it at all. What do you do? This is, anyone can relate to this scenario. And the waves beat um, into the boat, so that was already feeling, but he was in the stern, asleep on the pillow, and they awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? So this tells us about Jesus. Jesus is asleep on the pillow because do you know who Jesus is? He's the Prince of Peace. I'm sharing this story because it's actually about Jesus, even more than about the disciples. Do we know who he is? We come in here and we worship him. We tell him who he is. But when you go home and it's evening, do you bring him with you? because he is the prince of peace. So keep, let's keep going. Then he arose and, and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And I just want to speak this over you that when Jesus goes with you, he is powerful. And I love it. It says he arose and said, peace be still. And you know why he can say that? Because he is the prince of peace. And then you look at how, what, how things happen. But he said to them, uh, oh, and the wind ceased and there was a great calm because he has power over even the natural elements. And so that is our God. And so when we worship, when we live, we don't have to live and provide everything for ourselves because he already did. That is who he is. And, but he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? So there was fear, but it got put into the right place because he is wonderful. He is amazing. He is the Prince of Peace. And so as I'm closing, I want to encourage us, please let's not stay where we're at. God loves us too much. Could you feel his heart during worship? Like, oh, Lord, how do you think about me? What do you have for me? Because if, you're, if we're living in anything less than that, he's calling us into someplace else. We cannot stay there. It's not who, um, it's not our destiny. I want to read 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 and 5, and Tanasha read this as well. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. For pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Isn't it interesting they said thought? Where is this battle taking place? Are swords coming against them and chopping off their arms? No, it's somewhere that you cannot see. It's happening in where we fight it first is even in our thoughts. And so we get thoughts wherever they come from. What do we do with them? And that's what I want to ask you today. What do you do with every thought that comes into your head? Because this says this is what we do is we take it and it's like our brains are like our minds are like a garden. A garden, and if you've ever planted a garden, you plant things that you want to grow. So I've planted, I did a pumpkin garden once, and it was so fun. And we planted pumpkin seeds and watered them. It's a miracle. They just start growing pumpkin starts. And, um, but 
when you have soil, other things grow too. So you actually have to tend it. It actually requires something of us, and that's the stewardship even in Adam in the garden that God said, I want you to be powerful, and we're gonna steward the things in our lives. This is one of the biggest things that we can steward is what do we want growing in our minds? Because what we grow in our minds will affect how we feel, will affect what we do, and then we live with the consequences of it. And that is our life. That is every season, the highs and lows, what we go through the challenges. So one of the biggest things we can steward is what we choose to partner with. What seeds are we sowing? And what do we do when a weed pops up? In my garden, I do not want weeds in my garden because you know what they do? They steal the nutrients. They take up the space. And you know what happens to my produce? It's not as big. It's not as plentiful because it had to share all the stuff with the dumb weeds that you don't want. It's like here, I don't know, blackberries are good or bad things here. Blackberries, I'd love to eat them, but I'd never want them in my yard because they're like crazy in Northern California. They just take over, they're invasive. Um, We have poison oak in California. You have poison poison ivy. It grows in the summer with nothing in California. I'm like, how are you thriving? I do not want you. You, uh, My husband is extremely allergic to poison oak, but you have to be vigilant against poison oak. You either have to burn it, kill it with some crazy poison, because if not, it's just there. So there are things in our lives that if you want it to go away, you can't just go, oh, I hope that goes away. It's gonna keep growing unless you look at it and be like, actually, that is not the thoughts that God has for me, so I cannot afford to continue to partner with you. But we wouldn't know this if we don't know God's word, if we don't know what he is saying and what he thinks about us. And so my final encouragement is, so what do we actually think about? What do we allow to come into our brains that we want there and that is going to give us life and life more abundantly? So I want to share the word meditation. I know you might be scared, like, oh, no, are you new agey? No, this is actually biblical. Like, what we think about, what we meditate on is very important, and And uh, meditate is to dwell on anything in thought, to contemplate, to study, to turn and revolve any subject in the mind. When you begin to meditate and it rolls around and you're looking at it from different angles, that's what we're called to do on God's word. And so uh, Psalms 119.15 is a beautiful, 119 is such a beautiful chapter. But this verse says, I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. That's what we're called to do. And then Philippians 4, 8, 9 is always a verse that just encourages me and gives me good filters to know how to live, especially when I'm getting messed with. When I'm getting messed with and I'm like, I don't know, Lord, is this you or not you? And I'm like, does it line up with Philippians 4, 8? And you could even teach your kids this. So simple. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learn and receive, you heard and saw in me, these things do, and the God of peace will be with you. That is your portion, and this is great instruction for how to walk in peace. Do you guys want peace? That is your portion. And if you're living in anything less than that, it's time for us to just pray. And that's supposed to stay. It's not even going to stay here. It can go back to the pit of hell. That's where fear comes from. And I don't actually want it to stay here. But if you would like prayer, if you're in here and you're like, yeah, I've been messed with and I don't want to live like this. I don't want to walk out like this. I actually want to sleep free and sleep 
great and then breathe freely. That's the thing about fear too. It just messes with you on so many different levels that no one else might know, but you know because it affects your quality of life. If you are battling fear and anxiety in any form and you would like prayer and would like that to stop today, I would like to pray for you and you can stand and we're going to pray together and we are going to see people get free. So if you'd like prayer, you can stand. We're going to pray and then we'll wrap up. Thank you, oh courageous people who are not going to leave here the same way that you came. You're going to leave lighter. You're going to breathe a lot deeper. And you're going to experience the Prince of Peace because it's who he is. If you have anyone standing around you, I would love for you to put your hand on them. I do believe in laying hands, uh, the laying on of hands. I do believe in partnering together and praying for one another. And even taking our belief in God and who we know him to be and pray for each other. Does every, raise your hand if you don't have anyone praying for you. I want to make sure everyone has someone covering them. Perfect. Now we're going to pray. I want you to pray for them like you'd want someone praying for you. Like not a token prayer, like I just came to church and I'm doing what Candace is making me do. But actually, like I believe who the Lord has called you to be, but also I believe who he is, that he is the Prince of Peace. So we lift up every single person standing right now. God, may I thank you for your, how you designed them. God, I thank you that you designed them to be free and powerful. And we bless your spirit. We bless who you are. I bless your mind. And we pray right now over them that you would encounter them, God, as the Prince of Peace that you would arise and that we just speak to you, to your body, to your mind, to your spirit, and we say, peace, be still. God, and that you would set them free in your peace. And we speak to fear, anxiety, things that come to rob and kill and steal and destroy. And we say, no more in the mighty name of Jesus. God, that you would um, break off any fear and even anything that they have partnered with. God, I pray that it would be clear as day to them what it is so they could stop partnering with? What is the lie that they are believing? God, and I pray that you would identify the lie, but also show them a truth to partner with instead of the lie. Instead of fear, God, I pray right now that you'd show them what you have for them. Yeah, and I just encourage you, put out your hands because you give, that's like, you, God, I give you the fear. I give you the anxiety. I don't, I'm not going to hold on to this any longer. Yeah, so I thank you, God. Thank you for who you are. Thank you that you are the Prince of Peace. Thank you that you're our healer and our deliverer. So God, I ask that you would deliver them out of bondage right now in Jesus' mighty name. And God, that you would bring to light any areas that are under a lie in their life. God, and we just say yes and amen to the promises of God over your life. Thank you, Lord. I just declare life. I declare freedom. I, de I declare light over you. Thank you, Lord. Yes, yeah, so I bless you all in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you. If you prayed for someone, can you just give them a hug or, a, or something, a side something? If, just want someone to get a hug this morning or this evening. Awesome. We are going to wrap up our time. Thanks for listening, and we hope this talk benefits you in every way possible. For more information about Studio, you can go to studiogreenville.com or go to Instagram and look for studio.greenville. We would also love it if you would leave a review and hit those five stars. Other than that, have a great week, and we'll see you soon.